watch movie-based video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British, Luigi's Latino, and Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. listening to video games the movie <laughs> the podcast where apparently we just uh, go off on tangents and talk about whatever we want um but yeah this week we're talking about uh a movie that you kujo picked right yep uh detective pikachu um which was you know just spoilers it was fantastic uh, i absolutely loved it i rented it and watched it with the kid and so like it was a good movie did you like it because your kid enjoyed it, or because you like Pokemon, or both? No, you know what? I've never been a fan of Pokemon, like, oh. overly. Like, it, it's like, it's fine, right? Like, Pokemon is, is fine. I was 18, working at Walmart, when the first Pokemon on Game Boy dropped. I remember a co-worker getting it. I remember thinking it was really dumb. Like, I was intrigued that it was a decent-looking RPG on the Game Boy, which was, like, basically a completely dead system at that point, right? Yeah. But I was like, okay, this looks kind of cool because it's a decent-looking RPG, but the whole concept of, like, these pocket monsters that, you know, you had to catch them all and all that stuff and their little cutesy things, I didn't care for that. Like, I was a little bit too old for it. I felt like... I didn't really watch the anime at that point. I did a couple years later. I kind of got into it, but not overly. Again, it's just like I missed it by a couple years. Like yeah. if I was, you know, a few years younger when it came out, I probably would have been really into it. And like I do own quite a few Pokemon games, uh, largely due to my wife for a long time. Like she bought a big lot of Pokemon games complete and every Christmas and birthday or so she'll like give one to me. So I have a lot of them because of that, mm. but I do, I, I did buy a bunch on my own too. I probably have like, I don't know, 10 or 15 different Pokemon games, but, um, they're fun to a point And then I could care less about them, but this movie actually made me kind of want to play the first one. Oh really? If that make, yeah, a little bit like just seeing that and, you know, it, it, it gave some kind of, uh, world and feeling towards these characters that I didn't really have at all um, before, you know, and it was like, oh, cool, you know, there's a this and there's a that, and, and instead of being just like these nameless, personality-less characters, you know, pets, some of them within the movie, it was like, hey, that's a, you know, you know, name your Pokemon, and you see it, and you're like, oh, that's cool, you know, and you kind of get a feel for them and their personalities and what they're about and stuff, which I guess is what the show was trying to also do and probably did. Like I said, I, I watched the show, you know, maybe 10 episodes early on, and then when we had the daycare, I probably watched the first three, four seasons, you know, so... Now I do have kind of a more understanding and knowledge about these various Pokemon, but um, for the most part, I see it for what it is. It's just a, a means to make a bunch of cute stuff and have kids spend a bunch of money because they want to collect them all. You know, it's, it's, it's a gacha game, but before gacha games, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, like, but, it, it was just past you. It hit me, like, I think it was eighth grade when it first came out. So yeah. I tried to pretend I was too cool for it, but secretly liked it, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would play it, but I wouldn't tell anybody I was playing it. Yeah, and it was like me in the eighth grade, still like Ninja Turtles, you know. No, I don't like that baby stuff. And then you'd go home and like play your Ninja Turtle figures or whatever. (laughs) So I remember watching um, the TV show when it came out, and I really got like you know that. I think they tied it together pretty good because you watched the, the cartoon and you're like, oh, I want a Charizard, I want a Squirtle, you know, and those are like the starter Pokemon. So they yeah, yeah. they did. A, I think they did a pretty good job. And the of course the the opening theme is very catchy, you know. The, oh yeah. The original one's like super super catchy, and it's like you hear that song and you're like you get pumped up for the show. So, um, but uh, this is like the first. Uh, this movie is the first time they did like a live action where they kind of show how it would be like in real life, you know, which is kind of cool. And I'm the one thing I'm glad or I'm happy they did is like the way the, the Pokemon talk or speak or whatever in the movie is, is what they, how they do it in the show. Right. So they, they can only say their name basically, which is, I mean, they could have done anything. They could have made them have real animal sounds, but they did it. I think they did it smartly because pe- that's what people are used to. So, right, except for Pikachu, who could speak, and uh, Mewtwo, who could like telepathically talk to people. I guess, right? Right. Well, Pikachu could only speak to the kid because that was his like dad, right? So, right. Everyone else like would... you don't find that out till the end. But if you're an adult, you like figure that out pretty quick. Yeah, you're like, you're okay, like uh, yeah, I know what's going on here. Like, somehow he's going to be the dad. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but he's the only person that can understand him is this kid. And his dad got melded with his Pokemon or whatever. Yeah. Even in um, the cartoon, Mewtwo could telepathically speak, too. So it was it was kind of... And like, Meowth, for some reason. <laughs> oh, Meowth, yeah. Yeah, they didn't really... They didn't have a Meowth, did they, in the in the, show, in the movie? No, they didn't have one in the, the movie. But I always thought that was weird that there was, you know, this one uh, Pokemon that can just straight up talk and, like, no one commented on it. They're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's... Well, no other, <laughs> meow, no other Meowths could talk in the cartoon. So he was, right. he, he was like... I don't know, they say he was um, uh, experimented on or something, and that's how he could talk or something stupid. I, I mean, they never explained it, right? And then... They probably did. They probably did. Eventually. Yeah, maybe. But it was just a really weird thing. And then, but yeah, when, when you break down like the the ideas of uh, the, a world in which Pokemon are everywhere, because apparently in that world, like all animals are Pokemon, yeah. as far as I can tell. I, I don't remember ever seeing just like a normal ass dog or something. You know? It's right. like, it's a Pokemon dog, you know, somehow. So presumably if they're like, drinking milk they're drinking milk that they milked out of like some pokemon if they're eating meat it's like a dead pidgey or something right yep i don't know that that never sat well with me especially since like several of the pokemon are obviously uh sentient you know (laughs) it's like not only smart but like every bit as smart as humans so yeah that doesn't doesn't sit well with me that's basically cannibalism but you know whatever pokemon you can't you you don't want to think about it too hard yeah you can't think about it too hard because then then it all falls apart you gotta kind of just like let it skim across the surface and like oh that's cute or that's that's funny or that's cool but if you start really thinking about it you're like this is fucked up (laughs) right and that's you know that's the movie in a nutshell but it 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 is really good It, it stars this this kid who's uh I think they try and throw you with it a little bit because he's 
he's mixed, but he could easily pass for black. And, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds is playing his his dad, quotations, but you don't, that doesn't get revealed till the end that his dad's, you know, a white guy or whatever. But I think they, they do that to you, I don't know, to throw you off a little bit, like, on yeah. the thought that it could be his dad because, you know, Ryan Reynolds, famous white guy, and if you're thinking this is a black kid, you know, but it didn't throw me. I was like, no, nah, he's mixed. His mom's black. They already established that, so, yeah. yeah like, in the 90s, it would be whatever. a shock, but, like, 2020, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of mixed marriages out there now, so it's not like... Oh, yeah, it's, it's so common at this point that, you know, it's whatever, but Hollywood is always, you know... Yeah, they're Hollywood. But, yeah, he he's hanging out with his friend. His friend was trying to get him to get a damn Pokemon. Um, one of those Pokemon that wears its uh, deceased parent on its head, which has always been a creepy thing. I forget what they call them, Skull, whatever. Um, because he doesn't have one. Everyone in this world, like, it differs a little bit from other Pokemon media that I've seen. It seemingly only has one Pokemon that they kind of... Um, well, work with in in the town his dad lives in. That's how it is. They have like a partner Pokemon, but in the beginning of the movie, his friends trying to get him to catch a Pokemon and a Pokeball, um, which because if you like the backstory on him, he's, he used to be a Pokemon trainer until his mom died, something like, and, mm-hmm. his, and his grandma was raising him. So for some reason, his dad didn't raise him. And it's always one of those things that like it's like again, if you think too hard about it, it does it's fucked up. So you can't really like. Yeah, he. I think he wanted to stay with his grandma because he didn't want to move to that city. He wanted to stay where his friends were, right? Something like um, that. But why didn't his dad just move with? Like, why would if I'm uh, someone's parent, I'm not going to just be like, yeah, go live for grandma. I guess I'll see you around. I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It it's just like, sorry, man. I, I know it sucks for you, but you kind of have to move with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Sure. So he just lets him live with his grandma in that town and then moves off to this weird city where it's like supposedly they've got this uh, like patriarch that has um, decided that people in Pokemon should live alongside each other and should be like partners instead of like one being the master or whatever so everyone has a Pokemon partner and they live in harmony within a city yeah um, that's the and that's played by like the old guy from isn't that the old guy from like all the underworld movies yeah he's dracula i think or something underworld yeah and then like he was in babe and stuff like that he's like six eight he was in Shaun of the dead <laughs> he's been in a lot of movies yeah this guy's been in everything yeah he's not jordan cromwell i think something cromwell anyway um i'll look it up real cool quick. guy but like yeah he, spoilers he ends up being fucking evil and he's a he's a piece of shit um, but, but, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, getting into the plot too much, there's really not a whole lot. Like, he meets up with a girl, the girl's a wannabe reporter that well, basically works for the evil guy. The whole start of the um, movie is that his dad's dead? Like, he gets, like, a, he gets a, a letter saying his dad died, right? Or his dad was an yeah, accident? a telegram letter, something like that, yeah. But they don't, I think, have a body, right? So, like, right there, you're like, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're immediately, you just go, all right, he's obviously not dead. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there was an accident, but nobody, and, yeah, you go to, like, or the kid goes, rather, to investigate as far as he's got to, like, 
get whatever he wants from the house and like close out his dad's affairs, I guess. Yeah, and when, um, we, and when have, we say kid, he's like in his twenties, not like a kid kid. Like he's yeah, young adult. I want to say he's like eighteen to twenty, you know, something like that. He's like just but, become adult type thing. Yeah, so he he goes, and when he goes inside this house, he uncovers a a vial that his dad had hidden away. Accidentally opens it, and like the gas goes out the window, hits some of these monkey Pokemon, and it turns them all into like a feral state. And uh, while this is happening, uh, he meets up with Pikachu, who he can understand. Like, Pikachu can actually talk to him instead of just saying, Pika Pika, unfortunately, this Pikachu has no memory, really, of anything that went on before that day. Like, he has vague memories. Like, he knew that he was friends with the dad and, like, knew that he was a detective, and that was about it. And, uh, like, talks the kid into, like, helping him at least on a temporary basis because the dad might be alive or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is about the time that they meet up with Girl. And Girl is uh, just atypical pretty blonde girl that is a wannabe reporter that works for basically the evil corporation. Also around this time, they kind of establish... The uh, James Cromwell, that's his name, his son, as being the bad guy. Of course, it turns out his son is locked in the closet, and this particular bad guy's son is played by a ditto. Because if you, you know, why not use a, a shape-shifting Pokemon to your advantage, right? Yeah. So, it, it's the same story, just told in a different way that you've heard a thousand times. It's basically a doppelganger taking the place, and the real son is actually good, and... The dad was the one that was trying to uh, basically live forever. If I want to, like, I guess his plan in a nutshell is like he's a cripple in a wheelchair. Yeah, his plan is to make his plan is to make everyone into Pokemon. They want to combine your companion Pokemon with you, so that way you can basically live forever because you can just keep transferring your essence, like your essence, into other Pokemon. I guess. I guess, and then he wanted specifically. Uh, Mewtwo, who is like this ancient, powerful Pokemon, and so he made this whole laboratory where they got like ancient Mewtwo bones or something and recreated it in a lab. No, what they uh, did, they did is uh, sorry, I'm saying such a nerd right now, but Mew is the ancient Pokemon, and they made Mewtwo from DNA from Mew, and then they put all the other Pokemon parts and stuff, I guess, into him to make him okay, Oracle. Huh. It's, I said, okay, Urkel. Uh, uh, you have to yeah. be from the 80s and 90s to know that reference as well, because no, no one probably knows the fuck Urkel is. <laughs> I'm sure that dude is selling, have you seen dude is selling uh, fucking weed with Snoop Dogg now? No. Yeah, it's called Purple Urkel. Hell yeah. They've got a commercial on YouTube. It's pretty dope. You can order it. It's, it's basically like this purple weed called Purple Urkel that... Uh, the whole backstory is like Urkel is back and he like created this incredibly strong strain of weed. Yeah. And like he even like they're smoking it together. Him and Snoop Dogg are like smoking purple Urkel together and shit. It's, it's pretty wild, Does man. Does he transform into Urkel, but, Stefan Urkel after that? Yeah, I think I think those do come to play somehow too. They bring <laughs> them into the commercials too. It's Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Okay. But but anyway, yeah, Urkel was a nerd, uh, anyone young enough uh, <laughs> to not know that. He was a black nerd in the 90s that was very, very popular. 
Um, but yeah, uh, so he uses science to revive an ancient Pokemon because that's the one that he wants to put his body in, but then that thing actually manages to break free with the help of uh, the kid's dad and his Pokemon. Um, manages to break free and then shenanigans. I, I don't know where to go from there because it's like, it's just your atypical plot, but like throughout they're showing all these other Pokemon and just little happenstances. They do the whole thing that like tugs on kids' heartstrings where uh, they kill off quotations, Pikachu at one point, um, but then all the other Pokemon save him, you know, the Bulbasaurs and all that stuff. It's a very sweet moment, a la E.T. or whatever, where, you know, it's designed to make kids feel sad. My daughter was in stitches when she thought that Pikachu oh, really? was going to die. Um, but she's eight, and I'm sitting here going, uh, they're not going to kill off like a Pikachu. There's no way. First of all, it's his dad. <laughs> Secondly, uh, they're never going to kill Pikachu in a major motion picture. You know, that's just not going to happen. But for kids, it's there. And, of course, he gets saved, and they manage through whatever. I don't know. Do you want to take it over? Because I'm kind of, it's all kind of just like gobbledygook happens. They save the guy that's in the closet uh, Pikachu has a big fight with uh, Mewtwo controlled by James Cromwell yeah, the they get into kid the, and the they, reporter end up together they get into the fight because Pikachu, or Pikachu thinks it's his fault all this has happened he th- right um, so they like do, do the, they do like the second act breakup and then they make up on the third act where um the kid is tr- uh, goes to. He realizes that the old guy uh, is behind it all, so he goes to confront him. But by the time he gets there, it's too late because he already put his mind into Mewtwo. And then, uh, as Mewtwo, he can uh, basically transform all the people with their companion Pokemon into Pokemon. And so then Pikachu comes back to save the day, and they make up and um somehow they get to oh they turn off the machine that combines Mewtwo uh with the guy in the wheelchair and the Mewtwo saves everyone and he explains that um the Greninja is the one that like they should there's a bunch of Greninjas that attack them in the in the movie and that was what was chasing the the dad with his pet Pikachu and Mewtwo saved him but the only way to save him uh, was to combine him so his body could heal uh, because his mind was fine but his body needed to heal but it would die because reason because reasons he uh, had to combine for the movie plot they had to combine him um, and then now he can uh, bring him back and so yeah the last scene is Ryan Reynolds coming back and Pikachu is back to being regular Pikachu, saying Pika Pika and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, and then the kid decides to stick around and live with his dad now for again, he's like whatever reasons. I mean, it, it's it's a kids movie, yes, to be sure. And it's it, very like predictable and stuff, but it's it's very well production. Like yeah. the production value is incredible. And it's polished. They don't make any mistakes really. That like every no, you can see things coming a mile away, but that's because you're an adult. Uh, kids, yep. like you said, kids, <laughs> kids love it. Kids will probably eat it up. You know, they did very well. Uh, you know, putting. Oh yeah. 
making it for them. So, and then and if, if you have nostalgia for it, that you can see your favorite Pokemon for the most part, like in real life, you know, and they have some like Easter eggs in there that you can like, oh, there's that, or there's this, or that's cool. I think they even play the Pokemon theme and like on a TV show, or you can hear it in the background or something like that. Yeah, the the coolest thing they did was have uh, that old Home Alone movie that was like playing on in the background when he walks into his dad's apartment. The the uh, whatever Angels and Devils, I think it's called. It's like not a real movie. It was made for the movie Home Alone. That whole thing where it was like uh, keep the change, you filthy animal, and all that shit. Yeah. Um, that's playing on the TV when he walks in. He's like, really, Dad? Old detective movies? Can you be any more cliche? Like, that's not a real movie. And they, they add that specifically, uh, like, I guess it's the same studio or whatever. Like, ask, like, hey, can we use this? And they were like, yeah, why not? So they use, like, this old footage from a, you know, near 30-year-old movie now. Um, wild, man. No, I guess it's over 30. That was 32 years ago, I think, that movie was made, 1990. Wow. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that was the coolest thing. Uh, but there was a lot of Easter eggs, like you say, a lot of, like, just one-second or two-second clips of various Pokemon that, like, you'll see a Snorlax, like, in the middle of the road causing traffic or, you know, just whatever, and you'll be like, oh, cool, there that is. So, like, most of your Pokemon, classic Pokemon, are represented, like, at least for a second or two. Yeah, which is nice. Um, the end sequence is very much like Game Boy sounds and stuff, and and pictures of the original Game Boy game and stuff, and that kind of made me nostalgic, despite not really having played that specific game much. And of course, Ryan Reynolds did a fantastic fucking job playing Pikachu. Um, I would have liked the original rumor was it was going to be played by Danny DeVito, oh. um, which would have been insane. I think that would have also been good. The only problem with that is Danny DeVito is like, what, 75 or 6 or something? Yeah, he's old. Um, there would have been no, like, he would have been great in the role, except no one would have believed, like, he was that dude's dad. Yeah. Like, that that character would have had to have been in, like, their 40s or something. Like, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds could have played the son in that case, right? Right, yeah. Uh, so that wasn't going to work. But, yeah, that was the original rumor I remember whenever... Uh, this first got announced, someone said that, uh, or, or maybe they made a fake trailer using Danny DeVito's voice somehow. I just oh, remember, yeah. like, he was attached somehow, and then within a few weeks it was revealed, no, it's going to be Ryan Reynolds, which is also great. He's fantastic. So, um, The one thing I, I did want to mention, too, about um, this pick is, like, you picked it, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, it's, it's a video game uh, film. It, it really isn't, because... Um, Pokemon isn't necessarily, like, a video game property. Like, I, I want to say it was an anime first, wasn't it? I don't think so. Or I, I, I don't know if it was or not. I, I, it's like, they, they all happened around the same time, but to me, uh, like, Pokemon, we think of it as being, like, a video game, but it's a video game, it's a CCG, it's an anime, it's multiple movies, it's just not everything. Pokemon's just a phenomenon, you know? Um, so, like... It came out at the same time. So yeah, you... so it's like, it'd be like choosing uh, like Ninja Turtles almost. It's like, hey, let's watch the first Ninja Turtles movie because it's a video game movie. It's like, yeah, there were Ninja Turtle video games and there still are, but it's not really, you know. So it's kind of like on the fringe of like, is this a video game movie? But because it is so, like everyone so closely uh, associates Pokemon with the games, 
I think it's fine. But I just wanted to mention that to any like naysayers that would have thought, hey, wait a minute, you know, wasn't this this, you know? Yeah, it's it's, it's still related than... enough to video games. I think it's fine. I mean, there's more but... video games than there are TV shows. I mean, there's a video game. There's a new Pokemon game every two years. I mean, yeah, for sure. There's usually two. Because, you know, they very smartly a long time ago were like, hey, if we make, you know, starting with the very first one, if we make uh, not all the Pokemon be able to be gotten within one expansion, they'll either have to buy two or have a friend buy the other one. And then, you know, we'll increase our sales because the one guy will talk his friend into getting it so that they can play together and trade these Pokemon. Uh, just brilliant, right? Yep. So... Stroke of Genius. Um, game series, like I said, a little too old for this movie, also a little too old for but overall, just a fantastic film. Like, if you're looking for something to watch with your kids, they're gonna love it. You know, if they like Pokemon at all, my daughter absolutely loved it. She was talking about it the next day. If she was up, I'd bring her in here and be like, hey, say, you know, say some stuff about this movie and tell us why you liked it, but she really did. She liked it quite a bit. Did she know it's, and a it's game? usually What's that? Does she know that it's an, a game as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She hasn't really played the games, but she watched the anime quite a bit. Um, so, you know, I tried to get her into the game because I've, I've got an extra, I want to say, Pearl. I've got, I think, two copies of Pearl. Still and so I gave her one uh, to play, you know, not worrying about her losing it like she does everything. And she just, she didn't get into it, you know. But um, she likes the show and she loved the movie and it's very difficult for her to sit through a whole movie a lot of times like it really has to be pretty special in order to get through it yeah usually about two-thirds way through she i'm gonna go to my room okay you know so so yeah she she really liked it um don't have much else to say about it so i'm yawning <laughs> well maybe eventually because of this she'll get into the games when she's older and you never know maybe I don't know, she's like really big into Roblox, like massively big into Roblox. She plays that daily. I don't know um, what that is. <laughs> you don't know what it is? or Like, is it like Legos? That's what I think of when I hear Roblox. I mean, you're not entirely off. It's kind of like this video game that's, uh, it's kind of like Minecraft a little bit. Yeah. Where you can build um, your own worlds and levels and like, design things how you want and then you can um, buy all kinds of upgrades and stuff and invite other people to play your game and if your game becomes or your world or game becomes popular then a lot of people will start playing there and then you can play in your friends games and so on and so forth so uh, they've created some like wildly awesome stuff within this little engine but yeah it's effectively you um you build different stuff, whether it be the world or your character, and then you can have all this manner of different types of games, like everything from uh, fashion shows where people will all, like, uh, vote on who did the best, you know, and then you might get a prize from that, to, like, mazes, to seemingly impossible platformer-type levels, and all the I mean, it's just massive at this point, so yeah. she she loves it. And that's basically all she plays. So. But yeah, as far as this particular movie goes, I think I'm about talked out on it. Yeah. I don't really have a whole have a lot more to say. I just have uh, the only thing I would say is that I mean, if you like Pokemon or you have kids, then it's definitely a very good movie 
a video game movie. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. It, it was great. And, you know, uh, I'd leave you the great ones so that I can pick yeah. the really bad ones. So what do, you, um, what do you got next for us, I guess, is what? Yeah, you know, I'm blanking on the name, but I said I was going to do it. We're going to do it. I will find you a link and send it to you. I want to say it's called, like, The Kids on Rose Street. Right? It's only like 30 minutes long, so it's really, really bad, but it's not going to take up like a lot of your time. And uh, it might be an hour long, but either way, it's a uh, like a mockumentary kind of thing mixed with a commercial for the Sega CD that never got released. They hired a studio to make like a fake, um, almost 90210 is how I would describe it. It's like a lot of young kids growing up in California. Um, that uh, are living in this building and they're, uh, I guess, like low-key reporters. Like they work for a uh, television company and they report on all the new gaming stuff and like their landlord is going to kick them out unless they can come up with some rent and they're going to lose their job unless they can like break a really big story and the Sega CD is just coming out. So like they go out to interview people on the street about the Sega CD and, like, try and get, hmm. like, inside information about it. Um, it's very weird and very 90s, and I love it. Uh, it it's really bad, though. Um, so I'll, I'll find a link for that for you, and if, like, that's not enough to talk about, there's also a um, documentary about the Sega CD that came out with the release that's much more palatable that is also about 30, 40 minutes, and they go behind the scenes on the making of like, three very bad Sega CD games. I think it's, like, Scotty Pippen, um, which is a full-motion video basketball game, believe it or not. It is very terrible. Um, a fighting game called Supreme Warrior, which is a full-motion video fighting game um, from first-person perspective, which is also incredibly horrible. And then some something else, I think Corpse Killer. Like, three full-motion full video games... Um, they're all just horrifically bad and it's like behind the scenes footage of how they made them and stuff like that and uh, it's it's more enjoyable so I'll, I'll send those both to you I'll total it'll be about an hour's watch or so okay. I just wanted to like no one talks about the Sega CD I feel like except for my stupid ass like <laughs> when it does get talked about it's always either Lunar, Pop for Mail or Snatcher those are like the only games anybody ever mentions in the system, and the only other thing anyone ever seems to say is that they, they oh, they had all those full motion video, you know, things. And it's true, there's quite a bit on there, but the library is something like I can't remember, like 160 something games, I think, and only like 35 or 40 of them are actual full motion games, full full motion video, which is a lot. But that leaves like 120 games that aren't, and of those games, there are some really good ones. Well, no one ever seems to talk about those. Is there like a crisscross game and a vanilla ice game or something like that? (laughs) Well, there's the Make My Video series. Uh, Vanilla Ice didn't get one. Okay. Uh, The ones that made it to the States were crisscross, you're right. Um, INXS, which you might remember that. They're probably the best band of the ones that did it. Uh, CNC Music Factory. In a game called Power Factory, and the funniest one would be uh, Mark Wahlberg as Marky Mark. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch has a game. Um, That's awesome. Starring uh, Seth Green is in that as well. So, 
Yeah, it's always weird to see these full motion video games. Like a bunch of them have like actual stars in them. Like that one has, of course, Mark Wahlberg and Seth Green. Um, there's one called Double Switch that stars Corey Haim and has also has uh, uh, Ermy, whatever his name was, the sergeant from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Um, he's in it, etc. I mean. There's a bunch of them that have like actual full motion video for movies, you know, things like Dracula that have Keanu Reeves or whatever. But as far as like the actual full motion ones, oh, the uh, uh, the CNC Music Factory has that one black guy from uh, Mad TV that does like almost every voiceover of the last 20 years. I can't think of his name, but Bill like he does. Bill Lamar? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. He does like. Uh, uh, the Green Lantern and like Aquaman and he was just Final a Fantasy, bunch of guys. He was on Final Fantasy twelve, I remember that. Yeah, he he's got like this very deep and serious sounding voice all the time. You know, uh, he he's in that as like a one of the video game testers, and I think the other guy in it is also from Mad TV. Mm. Um, and I can't think of his name, but anyway, it just really goofy concept like the whole idea behind those games was like they would play you a hit song each one has like three or four songs from the the artist and you would um take all these video clips and create a video that would play around that song and it was pretty cool in that you know you can make your own custom videos for these songs but the game would like give you hints of like yeah, I want to see it during this part. I want to see like something of this nature or of that nature. And like, it became like way too intricate. And it seemed like no matter what you did, it would never make them happy. And they'd be like, no, that isn't it. Let's try it again. And then like a whole new like set of, you know, very boring to actually play. Like after like two minutes of you fucking around with it and you've heard good vibrations like three times you're like yeah i don't i don't really need to hear that song again <laughs> but yep yeah, it was a thing it was a thing they tried aerosmith uh, was also slated to be one of the bands that was going to be uh make my video but that one never came out uh there was a couple others too that i can't remember but, but yeah it really is like a severely underrated system like a lot of people talk about the saturn as being an underrated system i kind of think it's overrated it's got some incredibly good games for it, but like you never hear anyone saying, "Oh, the Sega CD is so good," uh, except in regards to like those four or five titles. Um, but it really does have some great games for it. So, so I'm gonna force at least one person to watch these infomercials um, made back in 1992 or whatever. Well, you know, and, I'll do uh, it, so. <laughs> Yeah, and then maybe uh, two or three people will actually listen to the episode too and be intrigued enough to at least uh, watch some videos, let's plays over the Sega CD or something. So yeah, that's going to be like I said. I'll send you the uh, the links to it, and but I'm blanking on the names right now. But I'll get those to you the next few days or whatever. All right, sounds good. All right, so definitely the next one won't be a good one, and yeah. uh, I guess we'll see you next time. I don't know. Yeah, the next one will be a bad one. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, later on, man. Later. Cause I will travel across the land searching.
this damn uh, Zelda uh, whatchamacallit and every time I think about it uh, I just really don't want to because <laughs> I, I absolutely this like I liked Oracle when I played it like you know 25 years ago or whatever whatever it was called uh, the N64 one like I liked that one and I remember not loving Majora's Mask like I don't even remember how much time I put into it, but I was like, oh, this is more of the same kind of thing. Yeah. At least that's what it felt like. Uh, since then, a lot of people said they really like it, but when I, we did a show on um, Ocarina, that's what it's called, uh, and I went back to play that, I put like four or five hours in Ocarina, I'm like, oh, this is just bad. I just, I, I didn't like it at all. Um, I still like Zelda as like a concept, and I still think I could like play through the Minish Cap or like Zelda 3. But or like the newer ones, like obviously something like Skyward Sword, but uh, it's just they're very samey and uh, like not all that fun to me anymore. I don't know. It feels like baby's first RPG a lot of the time, so well, like <laughs> it's said, not the biggest. Yeah, you know. very procedural. It's like you gotta get you know the hook shot to get to this to get to the mm-hmm. ring, and it's like it's just like the same game just. I don't know, like a remake? <laughs> Almost, yeah. Unlike other Metroidvania-type games, it just, you know, it feels so linear. You're, you know, everything you do, like every specific upgrade is exactly where it is, and so on and so forth. There's no, like, playing around with systems or breaking it like you can on, say, Symphony of the Night or uh, Super Metroid with the additional abilities that you don't even... Like, there's abilities in that game that uh, you don't need to win the game. They're just, like, additional or, like, you figure them out, you know? Yeah. So, nothing like that. It's like Zelda is, like, you know, every item has its use. For, for the most part, I guess there's, like, Staff of Bryna or whatever and things like that. But for the most part, they all have their use, and usually it beats, like, one dungeon, and then you pretty much never use it again for the most part. And I don't know. I just... Like you said, it's very procedural and linear, and it, it, I get bored with it very quickly. But so I've been putting that off. Yeah, so um, you can do like somewhat like you can't really pick in Zelda. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on some of the games, but most of the time I feel like you have to do this dungeon before you do this this dungeon. You can't get in there. Well, this 
power before you get to this power, and you have to use this power to beat the boss, or else you can't beat the boss. So, right, it's like, oh, how how to beat the boss? Oh, I got him with a hook shot to stun him to beat him. You know, or, or he had to pull away one of the eyes or whatever it was. Yeah, there's like boomerang to stun. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah, I mean that's how all the later Zeldas went. Like the very first Zelda, you could attack um, dungeons out of order. Yeah. Um. But some of them you need, like, the ladder to cross the water. Exactly, and stuff. Like, you could, but you could go to, like, Dungeon 8, get a couple keys, and uh, use yeah. those keys, because all the keys were interchangeable. You could use them in, like, Dungeon 1, uh, or whatever. I mean, you couldn't get to Dungeon 8 right away, I don't think. Or maybe you could. Uh, I think what that's the one where you bomb the... Anyway, whatever. But, um... I mean, it probably is still... I mean, it's not as procedural. You felt like you still had some... You saw the core yeah. in the first couple... Yeah, they they meant it to be procedural. It was just the limitations of the NES that allowed you to kind of do things out of order a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you still had to get, like, the items from Dungeon 1 to be able to get through Dungeon 2 effectively and stuff like that. And, I mean, it's fine. I like that kind of play when I was a kid. Um, it just it doesn't feel as good as it used to. Yeah. So I've been putting that off, although uh, James and I are going to be recording probably sometime in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. so at least a... I at least need to get like five or six hours into it, and I just like uh, just to like get a feel for it and be like, yeah, this is exactly. I I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be like, man, I would rather be doing anything else. <laughs> I just that's the way, you know. But he picked it, and even like I talked to him, and he's only like five hours in. Uh, <laughs> he's got it on DS and has been bringing it to school. So like when James can't get through a game, uh, it's usually because it's bad. Okay. Uh, so. Maybe, We're very shamey on that stuff. It might just be you've outgrown it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the that's, kind that's of the main thing. You can only play so many games so many times before it's like, uh, this is I've played a better version of this many times. So like going to inferior, lesser thing is like very hard to do. It's one thing if it's nostalgia and you're playing it because you remember, like you're remembering how remember that specific game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Going like like going game? back and like, yeah. and James has tried this a couple of times. Like he's a uh, kind of notorious for choosing like random old Zelda games, and I'm always like, all right, we're gonna do this, and then like it's almost the same story for me every time where I'm just like, I didn't like it, you know, it's like, it was fine, but, you know, like, we went back and did the Oracle of Seasons and uh, Ages. He did one and I did the other. And we were both kind of like, yeah, this was probably great when it came out, but we can't really get into it now. And then we did Ocarina, and that was the same, you know. You think Link to the Past would still be good? I think that's the one that if I were to try and play... Uh, I could get through that one and love it because I, I loved it so much as a kid. It would that oh, nostalgia, you know. Nostalgia. Plus, I do think it's the best Zelda. Um, it's like a culmination of everything that made the first one good, but like done right and with good graphics and everything. It's not good um, in from the get go. It's like you know, even though it turns out to be Ganon anyways, but you don't know yeah. that unless you've played it. So it's not like all you know. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, it was different enough, and it had the light dark world thing going on, which was new at the time, and all that stuff. And yet, like everyone said, that um, the one for the 3DS um, was basically like that game, but done differently. I I didn't feel that way at all because James also picked that at some point, and we tried to play that for a show. And uh, I don't know if you listened to that episode, but my whole deal with that one is they took 
they they made the same game effectively, but instead of you having to go to dungeons to find said items, which is like the whole reason I liked Zelda, although it it has gotten samey, that was basically that procedural, you know, almost Metroidvania type feel to things is part of why you played it. It felt like an adventure. In that game, you just um, like rent shit from a guy. So like toward the beginning of the game, within the first couple hours, okay, you can literally yeah. just save up rupees. And, like, have all the items, you know, like, you just rent the bow, you rent the hookshot, you rent, you know, all, everything. And I was like, what is this? This is yeah. not Zelda, you know, it just didn't feel right. But uh, everyone else in the world loved it, and I'm the only asshole going, yeah, this wasn't for me. So, I don't know. I mean, it was still, I could still very much see it was a well-made, good game, and that lovers of Zelda would love it. But I think it's like, for me, it's like, come on, man, it's time to, like, put Link to rest and maybe like plays a different character with like some of the same ideas as Zelda yeah. but like we don't have to keep playing this little they, fucking elf dude and, can't you know, the he doesn't main guy in that universe you can find someone else yeah it, it, any number of you know and create a different type of adventure but uh, they just keep kicking the same dead horse and I'm sure that you know I haven't played Breath of the Wild a lot of people say it's an amazing game I'm sure I would like it, but at the same time, like, as much as I love Zelda for its place in history and its, you know, historical relevance and video games and all that kind of stuff, um, I'm just kind of over it. Like, anytime they announce a new one, I don't get, like, all tingly and excited like right. I did 20 years ago, so. But anyway, yeah, I keep putting that off, I, and I then off, uh, hopefully... Uh, for Is it worth it? We're going to be doing a Majora's Mask. Yeah, I try. I I've never played the the new uh, Switch uh, Zelda because once I learned to have breakable weapons, like I hate, yeah, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. So I'm sure you, I probably get past it, but it's just like that concept just infuriates me because it's like, well, what's the, like it desensitizes like desensitizes you to use your good weapon because you don't want to ruin it. So it's like now I got to switch between a good weapon and a one I don't care about, and it's like. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you find a fire sword or whatever, and you're like, well, i got to save this for a boss. And it's like, you, normally in a game when you, like, upgrade or find a better weapon or whatever, like, that immediately you start using it and it feels good. Yeah. And this, you find a better weapon or something rare, and it's just like, okay, you know, this is just going to break an X amount of hits more than likely, and I'm just going to be right back where I was. So, yeah, I hate that feeling. And, um, you know, I, I, apparently a lot of other people think, like, feel the same way because they that's the major complaint, you know, to do with it. But I don't know. I haven't played it myself. But, yeah, classically, any game that had, like, breakable weapons always pissed me off. Apparently even the Master Sword is, like, breakable, but you can get it fixed or something. That's so dumb. I'm like, it's just so dumb. Yeah, I just, I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, I get, de like, I'm in the same breath, I'm, like, saying, hey, you need to deviate from the norm, and then, but, like, not that way, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah. It'd be really cool if, like, you played the princess, which there is a uh, Philips CDI version where you play the princess to save Link, and that concept is really cool to me. Um, of course, or the game is ass, but, uh, Ganon, you know. The whole Ganon story thing where it's, like, you could be Ganon, why he became bad. Like, there's a lot of stuff where it's, like, they don't really give you much backstory unless you really no. dig into it. And it's like, you should just give me the stories. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot like the, 
I think the problem I have with Nintendo, it's like they just keep doing the same game over and over again. It's like, oh, it's a... Well, it makes money. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. But they, they can still... I, I get it, I guess, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's all like... I don't know, it's all mediocre because it's like they don't try for anything that's not going to make them money, so they can't really get that big... I don't know, it just doesn't seem... They're, they're playing it safe all the time. It's and satisfying. Yeah, it's like, satisfying, I guess. Whereas, yeah, you want to, you know, there's a part of everyone that wants to see new versions of their favorite games, you know, like we could very easily be saying, you know, hey, they haven't come out with a new Zelda in X amount of years, why not? You know, which is something like fans of, say, Breath of Fire. You know, Capcom's still around, they're making games, they're making great games. How come you haven't released a Breath of Fire? Like, you and I would be big proponents of this, right? But at the same time, if they had come out with a Breath of Fire, you know, every two years, we could very well be having the same conversation where we're like, oh, man, Breath of Fire 18, this is fucking getting tiring, you know, quit making them kind of thing, so... Well, yeah, that's. A, I, know. I guess, I guess and, they did try to do that in the Breath of Fires. Like they try to change it up, and they made some bad decisions. <laughs> the, the last two were so bad. I don't really consider them to be uh, part of the series. Like for me, Breath of Fires one through four, and then uh, there's nothing else. Um, I don't really acknowledge Dragon's Quarter. Like I barely acknowledge it. It's like a, it's fine. Like, but I don't yeah. like it. And then um, whatever that fucking mobile game. Mobile doesn't count, but the the Dragon's Quarter because I played through it. Like it's a game, but not till you can finally use your power, <laughs> which you have to. Which is is so annoying. It's like it don't. It's like if you use the power, you it, it causes you to like start back from the beginning or some full thing, right? Well, you'll you'll die after you use so much of it. But if you hold on to it until the, like the last like. I don't know four bosses. You can ba- basically like just p- destroy them because you're just full full go, and it's so fun yeah. because you're just destroying these guys. Like because you you only have so much life. Like you have a by the time you if you save it up, you you won't run out of it basically. Like you, it's a timed thing, not like a use thing. So yeah. So it's like oh, I got all the time in the world now, and then you can just go off. But it's like they didn't. They should have spread it out more, and it's like. Well, it's it's the whole thing, and I know that we're you know I don't know if you're recording or not, but this is all good stuff. So I did I did some but, recording, uh, so but but um, it's the whole thing with like classically, there's been a ton of games that do this. Like the one that comes to mind right now is uh, like Lord of the Rings for the SNES. You start off with the fucking One Ring, right? Um, because of course you do. It's in the damn story. Right. You know, and, but if you use the one ring, then you lose the game. Like, you have to only use it at specific points that occur in the actual novel or whatever. Um, otherwise, you just like the ring race come and they kill you. So, you have this incredible power that you want to use from the beginning of the game, but you can't use it. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, sorry. You know, it's like, it's like uh, being hungry and putting a plate of food in front of you but it's like oh you can't eat this if you do you know you'll you'll die uh, it's poisonous or whatever right. you know it's like it's just very cruel almost to, to give you something that you can't use you would almost right. prefer you just didn't have that ability right um so that's what where the frustration comes from yeah and it's such a slow start to the game so mm-hmm. 
I mean, that, so that, that's the only reason I count it is because I actually had to, I mean, I didn't have to, but I did it for the show. And I mean, that's kind of why like, it's, I'm kind of glad we pick bad games sometimes because then you realize that they're not all bad. I mean, it's, it's bad, but there's good things in it and it makes you you know appreciate the really good games a lot more you know or the even the like mediocre games you sure. know, like like a sequel in four it's like i know it's not good but i, I still yeah, i'm but... still enjoying parts of it where it scratches an itch for me or some things you know nowadays don't so i guess yeah i'm, I'm just at a point in my life now uh where if I'm not taken by a game within the first three, four hours or so, I I will quit playing it because my time is very precious. I only have a finite amount of years on this earth, and there's just a ton of stuff I want to play. Um, so if I'm not having fun, you know, yeah, you know, the argument, hey, it gets good if you actually play this far or whatever. It's just like, eh, I don't want to. You know, <laughs> if it's not good, if I'm not enthralled within the first few hours, I'm just not going to keep playing. No, I get um, that. I totally understand that. So that's just that's kind of where I'm at. And like when I first started, you know, uh, doing Is It Worth It, um, if we did an RPG or something, I, I very much tried to play, you know, as much of it, if not beat it, you know, just like uh, you guys over the RPG show, they've always done that, you know, where they'll be playing an RPG and they actually play all the way through. Like you played through Brain Lord, even though you hated it. You know, I, I, I like Brain Lord and we've had that discussion, but um, to be forced to play through a game that you hate, like Quest 64, you know, they played through it. It's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you and uh, Brain actually played through that. I couldn't get through an hour of that game. It just yeah. wouldn't happen, you know. But to me, I um, took it as like a challenge. Like, in my, the way I, my brain works, it's like, no one else will, like wants to do this, and so it's like I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm providing a service so like people don't, like to me it feels good to help other people not have to play this game. <laughs> does that make sense? I don't know. No, it does. And and one of these days I'm going to force hopefully you and uh, and Nick to play through a fairy tale adventure. It's apparently only eleven hours, which even I think I could force myself to get through something like that. It'd be tough. I, I did at one point play through like three or four hours of that fucking game. So I think I could do it again, you well, know. I think we'll but... get to it eventually. It's just, I, I think we're going to go through this run of like some uh, any SNES and uh, PS1 RPGs. Right uh, where <clears throat> I think uh, get some old school games in there and like that we haven't, we've been putting off for a long time because Brent wanted to do some weird ones for a while. <laughs> So. Yeah, he was real good, and that was one of the things I appreciated about Brent too, was he was real good about um, like picking like systems and stuff that weren't normally talked about, like the Genesis and the Saturn. A lot of times, you know, they did Albert Odyssey, they did like uh, Crusader of Sinti and stuff, which are like well-known games in uh, like collector circles, but a lot of people don't talk about them because not a lot of people have played them. Um, I think he had on the docket he wanted to do like Panzer Dragon Saga and you know other games in that ilk and uh, you know that was a lot of what set them apart from your standard like RPG show because there's you know two dozen of them out there uh, but he was doing a lot of the obscure stuff and like not shying away from some of those systems you know what I mean yeah. like and you know since his departure we'll just put it that way um there's been a lot more newer stuff I've noticed, you know. 
which is fine, and I don't mind listening to it, but uh, it would it's it's going to be good to hear you guys kind of go back and do some of those older things that don't get talked about as much and stuff. I, I don't know. I feel like your audience is in their 30s and above, so um, yeah. I don't know. So it'll be good anyway. to get back to that because uh, we're doing Saga Frontier and then I'm doing Sequel Den 4 and then uh, I think uh, uh, Nick was saying that he wants to do um, some other Super Nintendo RPG next. Uh, what's Fairy up? Tale Adventure. <laughs> eventually, eventually. Uh, yeah, I'm, as far as Super Nintendo goes, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't. Uh, that, they did a bunch of them. There's not like um, there's Secret of Evermore, Secret of Mana. I guess I don't think they did those. And then, gosh, I don't know. There's Arcane or whatever it's called, Arcana. And then the Wizards and Warriors, not Wizards and Warriors, well, the Wizardries. Uh, what there's uh, what else? There's something. Uh, we haven't done Earthbound yet. Yeah, Earthbound, the first Star Ocean, which got a translation. Um, uh, Paladin's Quest. No, we did Paladin's Quest. Yeah, that's right. There's some, I was on that episode. That's the one. There's a one and two, and two is like a prequel, but it's better. Oh, what's it called? Hmm. Oh, there's there's a lot, but a lot of them are on other systems too, from the Super Nintendo. Seven Saga. Hadn't done that one. No. <laughs> I played that one back in the day, and that I mean, I don't know how. I that one was a struggle for me. It's a tough game to get through. It's like, just one of those RPGs that's like massively huge, and you gotta more or less create your own story for a lot of it. Um, it, it is pretty cool though. It's one of those RPGs where like there it has a search function where it's just like you search the square that you're standing on at that moment, like the old school Dragon Store uh, Warrior games. Yeah. Um, but there are items throughout that game. That are just on random tiles that you nowhere in the game doesn't say, hey, if you search like you know this exact tile, you'll find something. So you can like just go online and like people have like searched entire maps or whatever and found all these items, and you can just find all these cool things like oh, in this town or in this dungeon, if you walk three steps down, two over, and search, you'll find this armor that's incredibly badass or whatever. It's like, okay, cool. So that was fun for me. I, I did go back and play that maybe 10 years ago and got about, I don't know, 10 or 15 hours in before I was like, all right, I've had enough, you know, because that game is brutal. Yeah. Um, fun, though. I, I did enjoy it. But, yeah, but Draken, yeah, remember Draken? Nope. Uh, that... That is uh, probably the worst RPG I've ever played. A lot of people actually like it. Like for years, I've made fun of it. It's uh, like a bad, like really bad 3D RPG on the Super Nintendo. And I, I just remember like starting my quest, getting in a fight, and all my guys walking into a river during the fight and drowning. <laughs> um, and I couldn't stop it. I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> I'm trying to stop it and nothing and just graphically that game is horrifically bad the controls are bad and you have things like dragon's view and um oh it's lufia yeah. we're gonna we're gonna probably do lufia lufia yeah the, the first lufia is okay um the second one is stellar it's like literally one of my top 10 rpgs of all time i think if you play, if you play the second one first and then play the first one it's better 
Cause it's... Yeah, you're probably right because the the second one is a prequel. Yeah, and then you have the story. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nick. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Nick just jumped in. Hey, hey, Nick. I don't know if you can hear me or not. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I'm using my laptop at work, so. <laughs> yeah, work. We, we're doing a video games the movie, uh, but, like, we've been talking, I think, 30 minutes about just random video game stuff, so I don't know if Cujo, did you say you were recording? Yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, we've been talking about some pretty good stuff, so. <laughs> were you all talking about Luke here when I jumped in? Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's like uh, the game that I guess you chose for um, your next one or whatever. Uh, yeah, pretty sure that's what I'm gonna pick. Yeah, and, and I was saying like one is not great. It's got like some major problems, uh, and two is like amongst my top ten favorite RPGs of all time. So. And mainly one suffers from the problem. It does that whole thing where, like, if you make everyone attack one enemy and that enemy dies in the first attack, everyone else just attacks open air, and that infuriates me. <laughs> um, they addressed that in two. But, yeah, it's just, like, who, who thought that was a good idea? You know, they're like, oh, I'm just not going to have any kind of mind of my own and just attack something that's... Uh, you know, dead already, I guess. I, I don't know what that whole thought of in there that is. It's like, well, I targeted this guy, so even though he's, you know, laying on the ground and bleeding out the head, I'm still going to hit it. I don't know. It was a programming oversight. Like, I, I feel like I remember a couple other games around that time that also did that. When enemy died, they, you just kept whipping on fucking air. Yeah. There, there's a, quite a few. I can't think of another one off the top of my head because Luffy is the, probably the best of them. Was it a yeah. Mystic Quest? I Rid- say, original Final, bad, but I can't remember. Original Final Fantasy. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Mystic Quest was trash too, though. I mean, it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Like, it's a perfectly playable game, but it's not like something that I'm going, hey, yeah, play some Mystic Quest again. You That's know? Baby's first RPG right there. Yeah, there you go. Play that. And, and like I was telling uh, Kujo, you guys should probably play uh, the Fairy Tale Adventure because that's a fantastic classic RPG. Well, I'm not I'm going to leave. Uh... All right. I guess. My coworker is pretty much just walk in again, so I can't really talk anyway. All right. Later on, then. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Hope you all's uh, show goes well. Yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> oh, that's wild. You still there? Yeah, talking at work. Yeah, yeah, it's always like it's always weird. Nick jumps in randomly whenever we're on here just to like I guess listen, but you know, he might as well talk. You know, I should do that if I ever notice you guys on. <laughs> but uh, I think I have once or twice. I don't know. Yeah. I think about it, but anyway. But yeah, I get. I could sit here and probably talk to you all fucking night about just old RPGs and stuff, and like I actually love doing that. But yeah, we do have a actual show. And hopefully, I don't know if you're going to use this for this show or what, but, you know, if, if, you, if you do and you're still around, I guess.